This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 295 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Heroes, moms, and Bambi butts. Please support our sponsors as they make this very crazy show possible. Our sponsors this week are Equestrian Collections and you, our auditors. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena Howdy doody dude How are ya? I'm good. You know why? why? I rode my horse today outside of the ring. Oh, and it was like warm enough you didn't freeze and you had to wear less coats? Nope. I wore same coats <laughs> and it was not warm, but... There was no snow. There was no snow and the sun was out and there was no rain, so we took What'd it. your horse think of that? He thought it was all well and good until we came across some like concrete pipes, some drainage pipes that... I don't know, apparently had it in for him. Oh, they were horse-eating drainage pipes. Yeah, and then he decided that it was a good time for us to start our ballet lessons. Oh, and did you prance all the way back to the barn? <laughs> we pranced in a circle a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Were you wearing your ballet slippers? That's what you forgot. I, you know what I forgot was my parachute. <laughs> your Velcro butt. <laughs> <laughs> that I had, thank God, which is why I'm here recording the show. show. <laughs> It is amazing the stupid little things that they'll react to. Honest to God. And we were going over a pond. We were going over a bridge with ducks on either side that were quacking and flapping. And there were white plastic bags in the bushes. There was like all kind. There were horses up in the next pasture that were like running around, bucking and kicking. And then these two concrete tubes, you know, they're probably like eight feet long each, just sitting there next to each other, looking like rocks. Well, you know, I, it's, it is funny. I wish we could predict what they were going to spook at because you just don't know. And it's something different each time. And they could walk, but he'll walk by those pipes the next time and it won't be any problem at all. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I, know. <laughs> I really don't. Give me something, just a little predictability. You know, this is a horse I can, I, I ride him to the post office. I ride him to my daughter's school, past the fire station, like downtown by ourselves. I don't know. You put him around all his friends, but it's spring, you know? Yeah. It's crazy in the springtime. It's feisty, too. Yeah. You know, I drive the pony around, scooter around the neighborhood here all the time, and it's we never have a problem with anything. The stallions in the neighborhood run up to the fence, and, you know, there's horses and donkeys and little baby donkeys and mules and everything we've got in this neighborhood. The other day, I was driving around the neighborhood, and he decided that the drainage pipes were the worst things ever. He never looked at the drainage pipes before, but every drainage pipe at every driveway was going to come out and get him. So it's like, I, I was like, dude, you, we've done this a hundred times. The drainage pipes didn't eat you the last hundred times. Well, you know, probably because he was busy looking at the fences or the mailboxes. Once he adapts to those things, then he's got to move on to something oh, else. And then, right. And then he notices the drainage pipes. Honestly. Honestly. That is true. Well, we'd all be really sucky riders and drivers if it wasn't for our horse's unpredictability every now and again. So, (laughs) you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And I got to do something fun last week on Friday. Wendy and I met uh, at Gloria Austin's place, and we both got to drive a four-in-hand of beautiful Spanish PRE horses, which are like Andalusians. Ooh. And what a beautiful... What a beautiful team of horses. And I actually drove for a little while. I was, How'd uh, that feel? Were you, like, nervous? Oh, I was definitely nervous. I told him no at first. Uh, David Saunders, her coachman, who we've, we've talked to before, is who was the coachman for the Queen of England for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, he said, oh, Glenn, we're going to let you drive now. And I was like, no, you really don't want to. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you like your new horses? <laughs> you like this big fancy carriage? Do you, you like, like to live? Car- 
Um, And he said, I'm just going to prove to you how well broke we have these horses by letting you drive. And I thought, well, okay. So (sighs) I did. It was fun. It was a good time. We talk a lot about it on this week's driving radio show. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, he was very good instructor. And uh, what you have with, when you drive in a four in hand like that, two and two, you have four reins. So I had, uh, you have four reins in one hand. And then your other hand you use to control the reins to do turns and stops and stuff. But you're actually holding all the reins in one hand. And one thing I learned is that after about 10, 15 minutes, my hand was sore. I mean, these people who drive for hours like that have very strong hands uh, because your hands get sore and kind of cramped up. Wow. Do you, so do you develop like forearm muscles? Yes, everything. Yeah. Your hands yeah. and your, your forearms and your biceps. Because it's, it is, you know, you're holding four horses. <laughs> you know, so Now, these horses were pretty light. Uh, you know, not like some of the ponies I've driven where they're pulling the cart with a bit. So, you know, these were pretty light horses and, and obviously very well trained. But do they, what do you mean pulling the horse with a, pulling the cart with a bit? Like, do, do these horses well, have like, bits? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like uh, I had a pony once that was my first pony, actually, was a race pony. She raced at county fairs and stuff. So she learned to pull the uh, cart with what we say with the bit, which means basically with the reins, the traces never never did anything. Traces are what's supposed to pull the cart. They're hooked to the cart and they're hooked to Um. the pony's chest. But she pulled so hard on the reins that she basically was pulling the cart with the reins. With her face. Yeah, with her face. And uh, these horses were not that way at all. So, I mean, they were power steering and power brakes. Well, you know, it's funny because I would never think of this. So this conversation is really enlightening because I would never think of driving horses as being light or heavy as you would, for example, a riding horse who could be heavy on their forehand or light, i.e. in the bridle, right? With self-carriage. So so you got like, man... It's, wow, it's definitely that way with the horses and you and and with the driving horses, and even more so because they truly can end up pulling the cart with the reins with their faces, yeah, yeah. so I mean it 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 is even probably more important that way, but it was a beautiful day and and uh, really cool. This lady owns one hundred and seventy carriages and coaches. She has one of the largest carriage collections in the world. Where does um, she keep them? She has a museum down at Grand Oaks, which is oh, above Orlando. Because that's what you do. Yeah, she carriages. has a very fancy museum there. Next time you come down, we're going to take you to the museum. I think, and it, it's on an equestrian facility. That's where we drove around to Grand Oaks, and it's just beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful. So we'll have to take you there next time you come down. It's really cool, and it's worth seeing because mm. she has some oh very gosh, unique yeah. things that are, you know nobody else has. Uh, Really what cool. town is that in? It's in uh, it's it's near um, it's near the villages, which is the largest retirement community in I think the United States now. With with I think ten or twelve thousand retirement homes, they mm-hmm. have their own they have their own infrastructure at the villages. You when, told us about yes, this place, yes. didn't you? Yeah, every okay. time if you buy a house at the villages, you get a golf cart with it, and everybody drives their golf carts everywhere. Okay. It's, a, it's a unique place. But okay. Yeah, so uh, it's right near the villages, right outside the villages, actually. Okay, right yeah. outside the villages. Yeah, it's okay. really cool. It's a really neat place above Orlando. Cool. But yeah, if you want to hear more about that, head over to the Driving Radio Show, and you can hear all about Wendy driving, too. So uh, we, we had a little fun with that. But yeah, that was my adventure for last week. And, uh, you know, anytime I get to do something on a sunny day that involves driving beautiful Spanish Andalusians, uh, I'll take it. <sighs> Yep. That's so it, nice. <laughs> I know. I saw the photos. It looked really, it looked heavenly. It looked fun, actually. It was the first time I wanted to actually sit in a car, in a, in a carriage. I mean, it might have just been because you and Wendy were there and it would be a hoop, but it looked like a lot of fun. It was. You know what the neatest part is in the videos I posted, and I'll post one over on Stable Scoop too, uh, Facebook page. The videos I posted will gives you the indication of this. One of the coolest parts is hearing the clippity-clop of uh, of of four horses on the macadam, that's just a neat sound. It really is. It is a neat sound. That's I kind of get that feeling sometimes when we're we're hunting and we have to cross a road. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 powerful. It's a very powerful sound. You're right, and you know I don't know if it means anything to anybody that's not a horse person, but for us, us horse people, that sound is uh, is wor- is worth a lot. Really I think it means a little something. You can't, it can't help but be an impressive sound. Right. So I think non-horse people would be impressed by it. I think horse people are moved by it. Are emotional by it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. 
That's a good, yeah. that was very good. We're very well said, Alina. Thanks. You know, every once and once, twice a year, I come out with something that's, you, you know. host a radio right. show. <laughs> hey, a couple housekeeping things before we get started. Let me first tell you about uh, our guest today. We have Marlene, who does Horse Mar- Moms Monthly segment with us, and she's uh, here today talking about parenting, horse parenting fails. The things that uh, horse parents fail at occasionally. You've never had any of those, have you, Alina? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we have Sydney Knott coming on to talk about an organization out uh, that is based in Nevada called Horses for Heroes. And then Helena has a very special presentation for us today. And... uh, (laughs) This one was going around Facebook, and we've done a little editing with it and put it together. It's the thoughts. It's the what is it? Seventy five? Is it seventy five? Yeah, we we might have cut it down to seventy three or seventy two. I got tired. <laughs> seventy five thoughts that go through a runner's mind. Yes, and while I, they're running. And I used to do a lot of running and five Ks and all of that. And you used to do a lot of running because of the sports that you were in. Yeah, for lacrosse, we had to do a lot of running. But, but you ran? Dude, you oh, yeah. you ran? I did. Yeah. Wow. I, when I was out of high school, I did 5Ks, and I used to run a lot. I hated every single step. When, when, when I heard you reading this, I was just cracking up because every runner goes through every seven, all 75 of these. It just yep. is so true. And I don't care whether you're a first-time runner or you've been running forever. Nope. You, these okay. thoughts go through your mind every time you run. The, from the first step. Like, I go 10 steps and I'm already thinking about what I'm going to eat when I get home. I know. <laughs> you have to think about something besides running. I know. <laughs> do, 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 do it in the fall of your own footsteps. Do, uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, anybody that fun. says they enjoy running are just lying. They're lying to themselves. They're lying to you. They're just lying. I mean, let's face it. You know, we don't run unless something's chasing us. That's right. <laughs> it wants to kill us or eat us or something. So, you don't. even when we hurry, we don't want to run. We're just going to walk a little faster. <laughs> well, a couple things here. Uh, housekeeping things before we do get started with the first guest is uh, we're doing a Rolex meetup for everybody that's going to the Rolex three-day event at the Kentucky Horse Park here at the end of April. We're doing a Horse Radio Network listener meetup, and it's going to be a half an hour before cross-country starts at jump number one. Uh, we have, I think, four hosts Four or five hosts, five hosts of the, from the Horse Radio Network are going to be there. Jamie, Jennifer, and I from Horses in the Morning are going to be there. Reese Koffler St- Stanfield, who lives like three miles from the horse park, is going to be there from the Dressage Show. And Samantha of the Eventing Radio Show is going to be there as well. So if you would like to say hi to us and get to meet us in person, we would love to meet you. So if you're going to be at Rolex, stop out. We'll walk a couple of jumps together and get started the day together, and then we'll all break off and do our thing. But we thought... What would be better than getting cross-country day started with all of our friends from the Horse Radio Network? So hop on over and uh, say hi to us. We'd like to meet you. Second thing is we'd like to thank all of the auditors who have signed up for to become an auditor here at the Horse Radio Network. We have dozens of them now, and there are more signing up every week. We appreciate all of your support. If you, too, would like to become an auditor and help support the programming here at the Horse Radio Network, just go to stablescoop.com, and there's a big banner in the middle of the page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get involved, too. A couple of benefits of being an auditor. One is the monthly bloopers show that we're putting out. It's going to go out exclusively for auditors. Only auditors will listen to Helena screw up. And then, because <laughs> of course, I don't save any of mine. And then uh, we're go- not true. I did save some of mine. Uh, that we also are doing a special auditors show where we're going to, it's a roundtable show. We're getting three auditors together every month just to chat about horses and horse life and horse things. It's going to be a little roundtable show we put together. And that's going to go out for just auditors. Also, we're opening up. This is something we hadn't announced till now, is that the auditors are going to do some product testing for us. So as we get products in for testing, we're going to get some auditors volunteering and sending it out to you, and then you can come on the show and give us your review of products. So that's kind of cool. You get free stuff, and that includes books. We get a lot of books in, and we're going to have you guys help uh, review the books as well. So we have a lot of different things that we're, we're doing for auditors, as well as there's some premiums for different levels of auditing. So thank you to those that have signed up and to those that are going to. If you can't afford it or just don't want to you know, pay money for this, I understand. 
just tell everybody you know about the show. Help us that way. Help us by going out and promoting the show. That's just as important. One other programming note is that, uh, and I wanted to bring this up because uh, I, I wanted to make something clear with it. The Western Radio Show has done their last episode, and I wanted to thank Tammy and Alan for all their years of uh, doing that show. Unfortunately, it never saw the kind of sponsor support that we hoped it would. Uh, this has nothing to do with Tammy and Alan and how well they did the show. We love how they did the show and they they liked doing the show all of these years it just we could never get the sponsors for that show that we did for the others so uh we've just had to to call it quits on that show but don't you know don't be surprised if you don't see alan and tammy showing up other places on the network so keep your ears and eyes open there and we still would be putting out episodes on the western show uh that we just uh, done in a little different format so take a look for that and we thank them for all of it's been so much fun having them around and i know there's a lot of people that are going to miss tammy's australian southern accent uh, on a regular basis, so yes, and and, and, and Alan's severely southern accent, so <laughs> so they'll I be missed, but they'll still be around. They're not going away. Okay, um, you know, keep your eyes and ears open. Is what I'm saying there. All well, right, you, you want to get to our first guest? I'd love to get to our first guest. Our fir- who is our first? We had a couple of guests. Marlene. Marlene's Marlene. coming up. Okay. First. All right. Our first guest this week has been on before. She actually appears regularly on the Stable Scoop show. Her segment is called The Life of a Horse Mom. And um, we're going to hear from Marlene from New Jersey. She has two teenage daughters who ride. Um, So we're going to welcome back Marlene and tell us what's new in the life of a horse mom. Welcome back, Marlene. Good to be here again, you guys. So, you know, we were just laughing about this before we started taping. Um, there are a lot <laughs> of things to choose from when we decide on what we want to talk about in terms of parenting fails. What something had to have happened. Well, I mean, there's, it ranges like, well, for me, I'm not being very articulate for me. You know, when you have a teenager, almost everything you do is a parenting fail, at least from their viewpoint, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, which is hard for me because I'm hard on myself anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, so like parenting fails for me from a horse mom perspective go anywhere from, you know, little things like we, we've all been talking about how we've had a tough winter. And, you know, just to describe the, the, the depth of our disease, um, you know, there were a few pretty bad storms and there was one particularly bad one that was hitting later in the day. And I battled the um, traffic to get home. And I land in the door at about 7 o'clock in the evening, and my daughter says to me, Mom, can you take me to the barn? I want to check the horse's blankets. Now, there are people at the barn who can do this. She's like, yeah, but I don't trust them. (laughs) So I actually indulge her and get in the car, get back in the car, and drive her to the barn. And she gets done, and she says, yeah, I borrowed Tucker's, uh, Tucker, that's my horse, borrowed borrowed Tucker's blanket. baker and put it on Jack because he was cold. I'm like, wait a minute, you stole my horse's blanket and put it on yours. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) So then I felt bad because I probably shouldn't be putting my horse ahead of my child. (laughs) Well, you know, they come into your closet, they borrow your shoes. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You weren't doing that. In essence, though, you weren't doing that. You were putting your horse before your child's horse. Well, yes, that's true. But I was angry for her for thinking that the priority should be anything other than. Ah. But, she, but, you know, I'm kind of with you on this one. Maybe that's why I don't have kids. Well, you know, it's <laughs> funny because I tested that with some other horse people, and they were in complete agreement with me also. So then I felt less bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you do. You go find someone who can corroborate your feelings. And then you feel bad. So, all right. So your daughter goes to the barn. She takes... Your horse's blanket was the blanket on your horse? That's my or on question. His... <laughs> uh, apparently not, not. But the way she originally described it, I thought that it was okay. But she Either said, way. "No, no, he's got other blankets. He's got more than my horse has anyway, and he's fine." But she likes so the baker I... because the baker's awesome, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are. They are very well-made products. We're very. I, I, I gulped at the price tag, but I'm in hindsight money well spent. <laughs> So she goes to the barn, she changes the... So you're sitting in the car, right, with the heat on, because 
Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. I, are you kidding me? There was like a foot of snow in the parking lot. We were the only tire tracks in there. It's dark. It's winding. It's blowing down, you know, and then all the lights at the barn are on, um, are on motion sensors. So as soon as nobody's moving outside, they go off. <laughs> so, so you're sitting yeah, in the so car I, in the dark with the heat on. It's winter. She goes in, snurches your blanket, puts it on her horse and then comes yep. trotting back to the car like everything's cool. Yeah, and after we're on our way already, so I'm not going to turn around, she tells me this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But it's true. Like, some kids, they borrow your clothes. You know, no, my kid borrows my horse's clothes. Right, right. All right, so so you just let that Okay. Then I felt felt really bad this spring because we're getting ready for um, competition, so... One of the things that I like to do, which I used to think was total quackery, but I'm now a big believer, um, is I, I have a chiropractor that does acupuncture also. I had her come in and, and do our horses um, just to make sure everything's all straight and aligned and adjustment, adjusted. And if there's anything we need to address before we start competing, that it's, that it's, that it's handled. And she comes in and tells me that um, my younger daughter's horse that she's been riding has been was very um, reactive in his stomach line. And she says, yeah, this horse has ulcers. And I felt terrible because he'd been acting up and like bucking and not being himself. And we kind of just chalked it up to the weather and the poor thing. So then I felt bad because I should have noticed it sooner, right? And most people can just like brush that off. But I'm like, no, he's like my baby. These are my babies. <laughs> and I can't and I can't handle that I didn't notice this. It's like having a child that's sick and you weren't paying attention. Oh, well, you can't feel that bad. I mean, well, you could. I tried not to. I tried it, not to, but I did feel a little bad for my daughter because, of course, it would have been easier for her to ride him if he wasn't feeling bad. He wasn't bad. Well, it's hard. You know, this time of year, too, there's so many changes that are happening. And to, you know, having a good idea of what to attribute these behavioral things to is really hard. It's hard on, you know, even in the middle of a particular season. But at the change of seasons, I think it's even harder. I have... I'm going through the same thing with my horse. Something was right, wrong, not right. And the only way that I could describe it to the chiropractor who I had to take a look at him was that he was wonky. (laughs) He was wonky, you know. (laughs) And then some people were like, well, maybe he's just tired of being, you know, he doesn't, he's tired of the indoor or he doesn't want to work or he's lazy or give him a good boot, you know. And so there's all these different ideas floating around your head and it's like, here, pick one. pick something that you want to land on. Um, but then when you find out what the real problem is, you do, you feel like a real heel. So what did you land on? Uh, saddle fit. Oh, that's saddle a big fit. one. That's hard. Yeah. Well, it was, it really, all he needed to do was go down a size. I have an adjustable gullet baits, which I love. And, um, he's a little high headed. He doesn't use, he, he doesn't use his back properly, or rather he doesn't use his core muscles, and I really don't ask him to do a whole heck of a lot. So uh, between, we really just went down one gullet size, which apparently makes all the difference in the world. So hmm. <laughs> I know, no more wonk. Amen. Well, that's good. That was a lot cheaper than my solution. <laughs> which was right. Gastroguard. Ugh. Oh, there you go. Do you know, do you have insurance? Because some insurance companies will cover that. Yeah, they'll uncover it, they'll cover it and then they'll drop you. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. It's No, but I it, it it's happened yeah. like there that we had actually our barn had a had a program where they had somebody come in and scope for free, but if we find ulcers then you have to buy our product, right? Uh. So they did that and all of the horses and and everybody said that, well, if you have insurance, you know, they'll they'll cover that. And our horses aren't insured, aren't insured anyway, but there were a number of people whose horses were so they applied to be reimbursed for the treatment, and then they were immediately dropped for colic coverage. That's pretty stinky. It is, right? That's pretty stinky. But now all of the Stable Scoop listeners know this. <laughs> you know, you do wonder, you know, if you have insurance, that's what it's for. Uh, yeah. But, but then, you know, you use it, and it's no longer for that anymore. Right, yeah. right. But they didn't reimburse you for all the premiums you paid up to that point. Right. Right. That's why I got out of the insurance business. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> now you had another one, one last one here. I did. I got. Yeah. I got my big one. So my big one is is that my my I was um, telling uh, you guys earlier that my husband and I have been a little frustrated because my my older daughter Jamie, who's a, a junior, unlike some of her friends, is not really showing a lot of interest in like where she thinks she wants to go to college and not talking about it a lot. And we're trying to encourage encourage her and. I was a little bit more laid back about it. I was proud of myself. I was a little laid back about it at first because, you know, she's just, she's avoiding the transition. She's avoiding having to think about leaving. And I kind of get that. Like she doesn't want to have to do it till she really has to do it. Um, and my husband is a little less understanding. So then finally we were, she and I, just the two of us were having lunch in a restaurant one day. And she says, you know, I think I want to be a pro. And I'm like, let me, let me clarify, a professional rider? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, that's what I said. I said, um, you mean like ride professionally <laughs> and compete and train horses? And she's like, yeah. I said, and you're not kidding, right? <laughs> and she said, no. And, I, and, and of course, what was going through my and I was trying really hard to like be calm and be supportive on the outside, but I'm not a good poker player, and I know she could see it <laughs> on my face because what was going through my head was, oh, my God, you're going to starve. you know it's just so hard it's just such a hard thing to do and um and there's so many people out there trying to do it and I was just like oh my gosh this is just not what I had planned I had planned for you to have a job with like insurance and you can buy your own nice horse and still compete on the weekends and you know and and like I get that you want to do that I get your thing but I'm like really a pro really Has has she done the working student thing for anybody yet she hasn't yet. Yeah, um, that might change your mind. Just well, that's what her trainer said, and yeah. and so yeah, that that was that was part of like one of my next steps. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know anything about becoming a pro, so the first thing I got to do as a parent is get educated on. You need what to that sh- means. Ship her off this summer. She's a junior, right? Yeah. You need to ship her off to some professional barn this summer for the whole summer. So that she really gets a taste of what it's, you know, the, she gets, she's seeing all the fantasy now. And now, you know, you need to ship her off so that she has to uh, work 25 hours a day and see what, you know, what the unfantasy is. Uh, and then if yeah, she I'm, still wants to do it, you know, she's got a better idea of what, what, it, really, what it really entails. Yeah, I, I I agree with that direction. I don't know for sure if if we're if that's going to end up working out for us this year, but um, uh, but the good news is is that you know I first got her to at least agree. Okay, yes, I'm still planning to go to college, so at least she's good. still going to do that. <laughs> and I think that's important. And the two are not mutually exclusive. You know, right, right. That's, There's nothing that's... that says she can't still do that. Oh gosh, but no. I want her to have a degree. <laughs> In because it's yeah, it's like it's like uh, what one of the other mothers called. Her, her son also wants to be a professional, and and and, and she calls it his fall off plan. Like if you fall off and get hurt really bad, what are you going to do? Right. Mm. And um, I like that description. And and Jamie has enough common sense that she recognizes that that's something that she needs also. So at least at that point in time, we got her to agree. Okay, you know, let's um, let's uh, uh you know still go for the degree, but I definitely was thinking, oh my gosh, this is so not what I pictured for you. And then I was like, okay, stop it, stop it. You have to own that this is partially your fault. You've encouraged her. (laughs) (laughs) You have to own that you've, that you, that you've been a part of this and, and be supportive. And, and so then we started talking to other people and, um, and actually got some really good advice. And her trainer was like, you know, I said, I, I, like, I, I said, seriously, could she make a living doing this? I mean, like, and not starve. And he, and, and he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. She could definitely do it. And so I kind of came back to, okay, she's smart enough. She's a good rider. She can, you know, you come back to, I believe my kid can do anything. Well, if I believe that she can do this too. So I started to get okay with it. And then she started talking to other people. And I think we're back to, maybe I'll do that as my backup plan and do something else first. So now I'm wondering, okay, did she do that because of me or did she do that because she's seen the light because, you know, we've had, we've talked to other people who are trainers. I know somebody who was a trainer and decided to stop and get her degree in nursing because when she got pregnant, she had no health insurance. Well, if it makes you feel any better, no junior in high school does anything because their parents said so. So it's probably (laughs) not that. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) 
She crossed that right off the list. One of her friends said, oh, it'll be so much fun. You know what partying you're going to miss at college? And that was it. She changed her mind, and now she's back to school. Am I helping here? No, I'm not really. (laughs) If I'm honest with myself, I want her to have a little bit of that experience without getting into too much trouble. You know, I mean, it's part of it. It is it's true. part of it. it but yeah, I was like, you know, and then I felt terrible. I'm like, how can you be a mom and not be like excited for her? And, and I'm, <laughs> I listened to other professionals say, oh, yeah, I'm so excited that my daughter's decided to follow in my footsteps. I'm like, yeah, I, I still can't get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's is different today. wrong with me? Am I a bad, worse mom? <laughs> it's different today, too. You know, when I graduated in 1980, I ended up not going to college. I was accepted at Notre Dame and ended up not going because I ended up with a really good job. But it's different today. You can, you almost have to have college to get any kind of a half-decent job. It's much different today than it was 25 years ago. Uh, you know, and Helena, you went to college, you know. You got, mm-hmm. you got a degree, and, and you're still working with that degree, basically. So, uh, uh, in a roundabout maybe not. way. <laughs> in a roundabout way. It's matured. <laughs> in a roundabout way. Uh, yeah. Well, you know... Helping, having helped more than a few um, professional horse people get their business organized, either operationally or helping them drive more more business through sales and marketing, um, you really it just takes a good mind, a good a bright business mind um, to understand and some common sense and some practical knowledge to make a living at horses. It is not. Undoable. I mean, it's it's definitely possible. You just have to treat your horses and the way you ride and what you do very much like a business. That's it. I know a lot of horse people who never look at their profit and loss statements, <laughs> who don't know where profit it's and loss. True, statements. right? So a little bit of business background, a little bit of business education, um, a degree, anything, even just a couple of basic business classes, you you kind of do have a leg up, pun intended, on on um, some of the other horse professionals out there. So you can combine it. And there's so many different things you can do now. I mean, look, you could start a radio show. You know, you can get into consulting. You can start no, bar She was hoping business. that her daughter would actually make some money. Starting the radio show, going to cross that one out. Any, <laughs> any small business can make money. Any small business can support itself. You just have to make sure that the money you bring in is more than the money you're putting out. End of story. Well, and that the objective is to make money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, like I would – I could never go into the business as a horse, like as a, an instructor or a trainer or a rider because I would never want it to – I would never want to have to make the decisions that are difficult for horse people when you have to say my bottom line is more important than right. – maybe my horse's welfare. And you know where that comes into play because uh, it, it really tugs at you is when you have to sell, when you're in that business like we were and you have to sell your horses at certain times to help pay the bills and they're horses that you weren't planning on selling but they're the most valuable ones in the barn and yep. that's what it's like being a professional and you know, we all know the big names professionals who've had to do that recently and it's tough. That, that one really gets you. Uh, yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the one that really gets you. But you have to do it. It's a business. Yep. Yeah. 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 That, that, that would be hard for me. And I think that would be hard for her, too, because even now, you know, she's, uh, you know, riding a horse that she has made herself, essentially. He was dead green when we got her. And, you know, everything that he can do, he's doing it because she helped get him, get him there, you know, in a program and everything. But she, she got him there. And he's doing things that everybody originally thought he would never be able to do. But there is, we're going to very shortly, you know, her riding capability is going to outstrip his athletic capability. And she knows that, but she's also kind of already made the decision, yeah, I'd rather limit myself than sell him because I love him. And mm-hmm. I get it, but that's, to your point, that's not how a pro can run their their yard, you know. Um, so you know, when anyway. you're a pro, somebody offers you 50 grand, you take it and, uh, you start the next one. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, and the good news is that, you know, in between that original conversation and where we are right now, cause like I said, you know, she did, I think get a lot of balancing feedback from, you know, other professionals, including her trainer and, and her trainer was, was real, you know, um, um, honest and said, you know, this is how old I am, which is pretty young. And I'm already thinking twice about getting on the babies. 
you know, it's a physically demanding job. Wow. Yep. You know, and, and I already have, you know, a lot of chiropractic work done and, you know, <laughs> and, and also recommended the, the working student thing, which I, which I think would be great for her. And she's actually, there's somebody locally who's interested in having her do that. We just need to make sure it'll work with our schedule. But, uh, uh, he said, you know, some working students work their butts off from dawn till dusk and others are not quite so bad, but you know, everybody says, go send her to work on a, <laughs> go, go send her to work as a working student for somebody who's really difficult. Mm, well, that you, well, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that's a whole nother right, episode. I know. <laughs> well, I don't, I know that, that you consider, um, these things, parenting fails, but I wouldn't call them fails. I would definitely say challenges. It's, I mean, there is no perfect parenting really. There's just love and effort. And I know that you put both of those into your, your daughter. So go a little easy on yourself. Well, yeah. Oh, well, thanks, Selena. I mean, <laughs> I, I, do, I do know I need to give myself a break more often, but boy, I'll tell you when, when, when I had that first reaction, I was like, Oh my God, don't let her see it. Don't let her see it. I know. I know your palms sweated, your face flushed, your heart raced. I know. I know. Yeah, well, well, we, we, all, we, we wish we have those. And, and that'll happen again when she brings the hippie boyfriend home. That's <laughs> going to, that's going to be the next time you get that feeling, but that's another show too. <laughs> Hey, if he comes with a pitchfork, that's okay. <laughs> I know. We'll take that all the my big get. test. Any prospective boyfriends, I'd sit them on a horse bareback, and if they could stay with me, they were in. <laughs> all right, Marlene. Well, thanks for checking in with us and giving us the scoop on uh, life of a horse mom. We will have you back again next month and hear all the latest. Great. I'll look forward to it. Thanks. Cut right there. Thank you, Marlene. That was fun. I hope your your child does not listen to this show. <laughs> she doesn't. Otherwise, oh, I wouldn't bring this up. <laughs> I, in fact, I was going to say that, and I forgot. I hope none of her <laughs> friends do either. <laughs> no, I think they think it's cool that I'm doing it, but they would never lower themselves to listening. <laughs> good. Right. That's a good Secret, thing for well, you. Well, they might be secretly listening. Yeah. They might put on their headphones. Well, <laughs> well yeah, they, 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 they could be. But, I, you know, I think... I think, you know, I think she knows what my reaction was. Like I said, I'm I'm not a I'm not a poker player, but I think she also knows I was trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. Thank you, Marlene. All right, thank All you right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Talk to you Marlene. Next month. Bye. Glenn back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. Hello, Glenn, and I am so excited to introduce the Iridian Lady Stretch Denim Jeans. These are brand new this spring, and I just got a pair last week. And I'm telling you, I am I loved them so much, I ordered a second pair over the weekend from Equestrian Collections. They are, uh, because they're Iridian, they're extremely stretching. They have 2% spandex. 84% cotton and 14% polyester, and they fit great. I'm a little bit short, so they're a little long. So if you're tall, you can wear these. But if you're short, you can still tuck them into your boots, and they look fabulous. Um, they look not only good. In fact, these are the first things I've ever worn that I felt like I had skinny jeans on. And then I thought, oh, I can't possibly ride in these things. You get on the horse, and oh, my goodness, they are not only comfortable, the people I was riding with, uh, were riding with, turned to me and said, you look great in those jeans. I can't say, I can't say <laughs> enough about them. They're fabulous. Try them. Well, anytime you get compliments like that, you're going to be happy for sure. Now, <laughs> these are knee patch jeans? Yes, they're, they're knee patch jeans. They're, they're, um, they, have, they, they say they're mid-rise, but they're actually, yeah, they're mid-rise. They're low to mid-rise, so they're very, very comfortable. Um, the knee patches are very soft. They're also same color, so you could actually get away with wearing them as jeans. Um, they've got the four-way stretch. They come in uh, black, and they come in denim. You want to go to equestriancollections.com and search for Iridian. If you just put in Iridian jeans or denim jeans, these will come up. You'll love them. (laughs) Well, coming up next, we have Sydney Knott of an organization called Horses for Heroes. Let's hear all about the good work that they're doing and how you can get involved. Well, hi, Sydney. Welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Well, Sydney, we have you on to talk about Horses for Heroes. Tell us about the program and what it is. Well, Horses for Heroes is actually an organization. It's founded and based right here in Las Vegas, and we have 280 affiliates in 44 states. We are an organization that is opening our barn doors to local heroes in the community, specifically active duty service members, veterans, police officers, firefighters, and their families. And what do you do? What what what's what's it consist of? Well, primarily we make our programs and activities as low cost and affordable as we can for those in our community who's putting their life on the line for us. We offer everything from camps, clinics, horseback riding lessons, trail rides in Monterey, cattle drives in Sedona, anything you want to do with the horse. If you come to one of our affiliates, you will do it for less. Wow, that's great. I want to go. <laughs> I guess I should sign up for the military. Yeah. Now, that's incentive. Yeah. But, oh. Well, you know, actually, anyone can join Horses for Heroes. We have three categories of membership. And if you're a hero, it's free. If you're a nurse or a special needs school teacher, it's $25. That is, an, that is a one-time family membership. It gets you a membership card. Once you're in, you're in. We have a, a category for friends that can join for $50. They're going to get the same membership card, and they can use that membership card at any of our affiliates throughout the country. And as we get more sponsors, they can also get uh, – uh, they can go places and buy jeans and boots and not have to pay uh, the, the going rates. Wow. And now you guys are – well, the program is, is all over the U.S., is that right? That's correct. We're in 44 states, and again, it is an organization – we have um, we think of ourselves as like a Girl Scouts or a 4-H type of a nonprofit organization. We partner okay. with affiliates throughout the country that are doing uh, kid-friendly, family-friendly you know, lessons, programming, horse shows, and just open those barn doors and let these folks in. A lot of people in this country are sitting on the sidelines because horseback riding and horseback riding programs are too expensive. We're working hard to show this country that there are other ways to get families riding horses than charging, you know, the per lesson rate that most people do. So we're educating our facilities about some programming, like, for example, our Mommy and Me Toddler Program, where kids 18 months to six years of age can come out and interact with horses. So many families in this country would love the opportunity to bring their whole family out and engage in something like that. You just have to make it fun and affordable Two things that the horse community, I have to say, haven't embraced. Now, how do the, how do the how do the first responders and, and military how do they know about your program? You know, how do they find out about it and show up? Well, that's a good question, and that's probably the hardest thing that we do because you have to cast a broad net. They are um, they're in schools, they're in clubs, they're in churches, and so through open houses and through programs like Operation Free Ride where we invite you to go to any of our affiliates and have a free horseback riding session of any kind. Um, it's just word of mouth, grassroots, Facebook, um, opportunities like this. Probably the hardest thing we do is let people know. And every day somebody will say to me, oh, this is so cool. I've never heard of you. And that's kind of frustrating when you've been at this as hard as we have since 2006. Hmm. I'm just on your website at horsesforheroes.org, and I love the picture of all the little oh my kids God. of the little kids in the oh military and the he, and firefighter <laughs> outfits. That's he just so sent cute. it to me. He just sent it to me, and I, I, I I'm choked. Uh, it's adorable. Well, I love the fact that it's um, that it's a program, and so that that if you have now this, I'm just guessing here. So correct me wherever I'm wrong. If you have, like, say, a riding facility or an equestrian center, you can sign up to participate, and then you're yes. basically offering this program to your market, to whomever is in yes. your area. Um, so, how do how does a, a let's say a farm owner get involved? How do they join? Exactly, that's exactly right. And it and um, there is no charge, first of all, for an instructor or facility to sign up. 
again, it's word of mouth. We kind of kicked this thing off in 2012 when we when we rolled out a new program called Operation Free Ride. And thank you to the AQHA, they put an email blast out to all of their members, and that really helped get our organization going. I think in this country, a lot of facilities and branches and barn owner, barn owners and mom and pops are struggling. They're struggling with the high cost of hay and fuel. They're struggling with the economy. And frankly, they're struggling with a group of families and kids that are doing other things, soccer, baseball, dancing, too much time on the computer, playing Farmville instead of playing with farm animals. And, and, and a lot of it's because it's expensive and they really don't know where to go. So um, we are trying to do two things at once, get more people to our, our out in the community that want to ride horses and get more affiliates that want to join. We definitely need to double the size of our organization. We're at about 280 right now, places like Jacksonville, Florida, we have many, many, many families that have requested free rides and information, and we don't have anything in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, San Diego is an area. We have one active facility in San Diego, and God love her. She is overwhelmed with the number of requests from people that want to do stuff with her. So we definitely need more uh, affiliates, and as I said, there's no cost. And what we do is we educate these affiliates on things like how to do an open house and how to do an Operation Free Ride event. And if you get 100 people to an open house, I bet 10% will want to sign up with you with lessons and maybe attend your camps. But you can't get them to buy your product if you don't get them to your store. And I think horse people need to become better marketing people. They need to <laughs> embrace some of these concepts. It's the days of people wanting to just drive up and down the road and find the horseback riding lesson sign are gone. And you have to be on Facebook. You have to have a website. You have to be, you have to have an email address and you have to be a little marketing savvy. And I have to say, I've met a lot of horse people in this country that are awesome at what they do, but getting people in their barns and up on their horses, they don't know how to do that. Yeah, it's uh, they, they do know horses. They know how to ride, train, and teach very, very well. But this is, in fact, Glenn, we were just talking about this with a previous guest, is understanding the business side of making their business run isn't always their strong suit. Um, and getting new business in the door is is one of those things, is one of those weaknesses. Yeah. But, you know, with, with new technology and stuff, like you guys have a fabulous website. So you Thank do you. a great job of supporting. So if any of these businesses do want to participate in the program, um, they almost have this corporate presence upon which they can lean to help you and, know, you know, drive interest. Exactly. And in an ideal world, you know, we will do everything we can from headquarters to help get them as many as many clients as they can handle. One of the things I really love is our program we call Horseplay, which is our Mommy and Me Toddler program. A lot of barns and ranches and instructors don't start anything with kids until, you know, seven, eight, or nine. And many, many families out there have, you know, the two, four, six, eight, ten-year-old kids. There's nothing wrong with bringing the child out, putting them, putting a helmet on their head, teaching them how to brush and groom a horse, you know, teaching them how to be safe in the barnyard, maybe putting them up on a horse and walking them around in a round pen. You know, these family-friendly ideas. My God, children play soccer at three. The game of soccer for a three-year-old has absolutely no bearing on the game of soccer. But what happened? It got the family to the soccer store. They had to buy cleats and shin guards and the soccer uniform. It got the whole family out on the sidelines on a Saturday morning cheering for their kid. So it's a family activity, and it got everybody in, in, in the game. Um, we want to do the same thing that um, we want to do the same thing with horses that the soccer industry and, and, and football and all those other industries have done for quite some time. Now you you're different. There are you know you're a little bit different. There's another program for wounded warriors out there, and and there's a number of them now starting up for for soldiers who have uh, you know who have uh, uh, post traumatic stress and all of that. So you're but you're a little bit different than that. You're really going after after all of the the veterans and their families, and really just trying to expose people to horses to get them uh, you know going down that path as opposed to the soccer path or or, or in addition to the soccer path. Is, is that right? Is that what distinguishes you from yep. those others? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. As I said, we were originally founded and created to simply make horseback riding affordable and accessible to those who serve in our communities. Um, obviously, as the war continues and with what's going on in our country, we are getting more and more families coming out um, with a family member that has uh, post-traumatic stress. Understand, too, that a very, very important part of that scenario is the caregiver, which might be a wife or a husband, and the, and the families. Our organization is distinctive in that we serve the entire family. A lot of the wounded warrior programs are great, but they are for the wounded warrior. They are not for the family. When they go bear hunting and hiking and fishing and do these different activities, it is not with the family. My opinion, our opinion, a lot of the problems with these guys and gals in reconnecting and, and reacclimating and transitioning is they need time to get to know their family. They need places where they can go to get that family unit reacquainted. You know, when you look at the high rate of military suicide in this country, a lot of it has to do with lack of social connectivity, according to therapists. We want to provide that place where they can come, a safe place where the family can come and get reacquainted. Gotcha. Well, that makes a lot of sense too, and and you're right. I mean, we, you know, there are there are a number of places that have professionals, you know, that are that are helping uh, with the horse programs for the vets, and I, I think that you guys have nailed an area that's kind of open that uh, nobody really had uh, targeted, and and it's you know not only for the first responders and the vets and and that kind of thing. This is, you know, this is a challenge that we have in the horse world in general is, is getting new people involved with horses. It's mm, happening but- less and less as TV and video games become more popular. And, and, and you're right, you know, parents, Helena, you're, you're included in that, are mm-hmm. going crazy just running around trying to bring their kids to all the things they're involved in now, <laughs> which might be four or five different things. Yeah. So there are less and less of those horse, quote unquote, girls than there used to be. Right. And you know, it's important. I know you guys are familiar with the American Horse Council's initiative. They're rolling out in June called the Time to Ride, and we're very excited to be a part of that. You know, you know, we're going to bring our Operation Free Ride program we've been running for the last two years and kind of mold that in with what they're doing. But, you know, in, in looking at that campaign, trying to reach out to, to, to the moms and the soccer moms that have the kids, trying to get more of them into horses, that's exactly what we do as well. And the niche that we serve is, you know, if you think about the numbers, there are 23 million veterans in this country, 250,000 active duty women who are most of them are single moms. You have over 6 million men and women in this country who are in the police force, firefighters and active duty military times that times their large families. And you start to get into some very significant numbers. So as a niche, you're looking at a group of people that have incomes, they have jobs, they love the outdoors, they work in high-risk professions, so they're wonderful clients for horse people because they understand what it is to work in a dangerous job. They understand that having good and sound posted safety practices is very important. Having the helmets, having the equipment that you need to keep yourself safe, just like they do in their profession, is very, very important. And they also know that things go wrong and sometimes things happen and they don't need to jump off and go crazy because, you know, something went wrong. So they're great clients to have in the barn. There's a lot of them out there in your community. And we think it's an important niche to serve for a lot of reasons, not just because they put their life on the line, but because they also have a proclivity to want to ride horses and be part of the Western or equestrian community. When we huh. lived in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, we the Army War College is there, where, where all the officers eventually go at, for a year stint at one point or another. And so we had a lot of uh, clients that, because we were only about five miles from it, we had a lot of clients from the Army War College and their kids and, and their families. Uh, you know, I would so do this. I would so sign up for Horses for Heroes if we still had our barn like that because I can, I can see the value in it, and I can see the marketing value in it. Yep. Uh, if we look at it just from the strictly, you know, take emotions out of it and look at it from the business point of view, it's a wonderful marketing opportunity. I mean, if you're in a community and you were just thinking, wow, we need to get more people coming to my barn, I need to you know, go out in the community and get more people coming out. These are the people you would go out and try to get. 
there's a lot of them out there. And, and you know, it's, I look at a lot of these campaigns and they're targeting the masses. Well, instead of targeting the masses, why don't you target people that actually have jobs and have good jobs and work in a certain industry that, you know, half, all the people that drive up to my barn, they drive in trucks, they drive in SUVs, they, they you know, they want to embrace this lifestyle. A lot of the military families, because they're moving every two to three years, they're a long ways off from having a horse, but they want to learn about every single thing they can. And being part of this national network, they can go to Sedona and go on a cattle drive. They can go to Lorton, Virginia and ride at one of the top um, hunter jumper barns in the country. They can go to Monterey and ride on the beach or ride through an old uh, closed army base. They can, you know, go to a summer camp with horses and not pay a fortune for the experience. And that's where somehow in the horse world, we have gotten this thing really wrong is the prices that we're charging. And I get why we are. I mean, I'm a horse person. I've got 20 horses, but you got to get your numbers up instead of doing one or two lessons at $50 a lesson. Why don't you do a group lesson at 15 or $20 and get all four kids in a riding lesson. So you're still getting $50 out of that family, but you got the whole family up on a horse. Now you got that family hooked instead of every other kid sitting there bored to death because only one child can afford to ride a horse. Very good. Well, I think it's a terrific idea. It's horses. The number four heroes.org is the website. You can go over there, check it out. If you are, if you have a barn that might be interested in doing this, let's get those other six states involved here. And there's got to be somebody listening to us right now in Northern Florida. So in the Jacksonville area. So uh, I know we have a lot of listeners in Florida, so let's hope that uh, we can fill that one gap for you right there. Fabulous. All right. Thank you very much, Sydney. Thank you, Sydney. I appreciate awesome. the opportunity. So this list came around Facebook, as lists are wont to do. And this one um, actually had me laughing so hard. I, I read through the entire list. It's a long one, but I laughed my tushy off for the entire list. And um, it's all about what people think about while they're running. Now, I, there are very few people that I know of that I personally know who enjoy running, but yet we all do it because we kind of have to. So for this, this list would totally be representative of the things that I'm thinking while running, although I am not the author of this list. So here we go. Seventy-five thoughts that every runner has. Read by Helena B. of the Stable Scoop Radio Show at StableScoop.com. What a beautiful day for a run. This sucks. Well, five miles is only two and a half miles each way, which is basically two miles each way. So I'm really only running four miles. That's not too far. It's starting to feel far. How long have I been running? A year? Six minutes? I can barely remember what my life was like before I started this run. Okay, concentrate. There are still four plus miles to go. But who counts the first and last mile? This is pretty much an easy three miler. Oh crap, a fellow jogger. Should I wave? I'm totally gonna wave. <gasps> Ooh, they didn't wave back. Never doing that again. Just keep running, no one saw except that old guy who may or may not be averting his eyes. Man, I think I'm hitting that second win thing my gym coach was talking about. Oh, wait, never mind. I've been running down a decline. If I leap to avoid dog crap, does that make me a CrossFit athlete? What the heck is CrossFit anyway? Mental reminder, Google CrossFit when I get home. If I ever get home. If I had a heart attack right now, I wonder who would find my body. Oh my god, I hope I never find a dead body. Joggers always find dead bodies. Bodies. Body. Body. Running all day, no one can catch me. Okay, I must be halfway done by now. What? Only two miles in? Alright, stay focused. What am I going to eat when I get home? I'm running five miles, so I should probably eat five slices of pizza. Or I could buy one pizza and ask them to cut it into five slices. 
I should probably get a side salad too. Well, screw the side salad actually. Man, what are these people doing in front of me? Walking? Is this a contest to see who's the worst at walking? Because you're both champions in my heart. Maybe if I pound my feet on the ground, they'll hear me coming and let me pass. Oh God, they didn't turn around and now I'm right behind them. They're going to think they're getting mugged by the world's sweatiest criminal. You know what? Now seems like a good time to run in the street. Jumps off the curb. Parkour. What's parkour? Hi, hi, hi. Please don't hit me with your car. Pedestrian, pedestrianizing over here. Let me cross. Thank you, Mr. Blue Honda. I'm trying to smile at you, but it probably looks like I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Actually, I wonder what I look like right now. Note to self, do not check out reflection in the shop window again. Is that what I look like when I run? What am I, a newborn deer with a drinking problem? Whatever. I must almost be done by now. Heck yes, three miles down, two to go. It's all downhill from here. Except for that very real uphill in front of me. Damn. Wait, is that, is that a dog? Hi, dog. You are so cute. You are now my mascot. I will finish this run for you, pup. And hello, what do we have here? Your human is pretty cute too. I hope you like drunk fawns, cute human. Watch my bambi butt prance up this hill. <laughs> Holy crap, prancing is exhausting. I am exhausted. Honestly, I don't even like running. Why do I even run? Why does anyone run? Why are we even alive? Okay, I'm not going down that road. Focus, focus, focus on that sweet, delicious pizza waiting at the finish line, calling your name with its cheesy breath. I am now the swiftest god of all two-legged creatures. Yes, including ostriches. Honestly, I should sign up for a marathon. What is that, like 30 miles? That's just 15 miles each way, which is practically 10. And 10 is twice five, and I can run five miles easy. That's it. I'm doing it. 30 miles. 30 mile marathon, 30 mile marathon, 30 rock marathon. On second thought, I'll probably just binge watch every episode of 30 rock. That takes a lot of dedication and I'll probably be winded from laughing so hard. <sighs> but I could probably do a marathon if I wanted. Okay, almost home. Should I shower first and order a pizza or order a pizza and then shower before it shows up? Yeah, definitely order first. <laughs> I earned that crap. Oh no, no, another runner. Should I wave? No, be strong. Don't get burned again. Oh my gosh, you waved first. Hello. Yes, we are both runners. Look at us running. I guess running's not so bad. Well, that was hilarious. And I could just see you. But you know what's funny is I know you so well that I could see you running and sweaty. And I could see you going through all of this, especially the parts, I, because I know you so well, mm -hmm. especially the parts about, about seeing other runners and not knowing whether to wave or not. <laughs> I can just see you cringing at that. Oh, yeah. Totally going to wave. And then getting <laughs> shot down. And then, and, then, and then, you know what else? We're, bodies, body, body. It's like your mind just goes down these paths. Like, joggers always find dead bodies. That would be me. I'm like, I wonder if there's a dead body in there. What if I just found a hand? See, <laughs> now just... I had a different reaction to the dog. I, you know, I saw where this, where this, and I wish I knew who wrote this. I saw where this was going as far as the dog was concerned. My mind always went somewhere else because I'm a bike rider too. Yeah. And my mind's always going, oh, crap, a dog. They're going to bite me. They're going to come out <laughs> and they're going to bark and they're going to chase me and they're going to want to bite my legs. And I've had enough dogs chase me on the bike that I, I started carrying some dog repellent because of it. Uh, wow. I, I, you know, because the last thing you want is them getting caught up in your tires or underneath a tire, you know, that kind of thing when you're riding along. So my mind goes completely a different way with, with the dog thing. Very funny. 
Yeah, no, I'd be the one who like I I that would be totally me, like bend down or get off my bike and stop running so I could play with a dog. What a great excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and the thinking you could do a marathon. You know, every runner thinks that. You know, because it's something that, you know, it it's like the ultimate running thing. So you think that, but you you know darn well you're never going to get over five miles. It's just not going to happen. No, I, I I I can do three. I think on a really good day I can do four. But if I have the right music in my iPod, I can do four. But that's uh, you know that's like right before bikini season. <laughs> Wait, I, that doesn't apply to me anymore. That's right before July. <laughs> no bikinis anymore. You're not riding on the beach with in your bikini. No, I would no. never ride oh. in a, a bikini, let alone a, not even a bathing suit or shorts. Oh, my God, the chafing. <laughs> Speaking of which, we did a segment. What was it last episode? What episode was that? Let me take a look. What episode was oh, it? Oh, 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 oh it was last episode. What? No, two episodes ago? Well, let, let I don't know. Look. Let me look so I can, in case somebody missed it, they can go back and take a listen. I what think it was episode 294, right? Um, no, no, no. It was one before that. It was um, episode 293. Three. It was called Flexible Nuts. Because it was you, me, and Kat. <laughs> yeah. Flexible Nuts. Who came up with that, <laughs> I wonder? If you missed two, episode 293 called Flexible Nuts, uh, you have to go back. We got more emails in response to that than any show we've done in a long time. Uh, you know, there were people commenting on that. And what it was was Kat did a segment on the proper etiquette for eating in the nude. And it was probably one of the funniest things we have done in 293 episodes on the Stable Scoop radio show. Yeah. Uh, uh, everybody sure. kept saying, you, this has got to go in the best of vault, because it definitely was. So if you've <laughs> missed that, you have to go back. I, I don't think Helena's ever been as embarrassed as she was on that episode and all the time. I, we've been doing I, I was, a, it was, there was a little, there was a small ick factor. <laughs> yeah. It's a small ick factor. And Kat. Is so funny. She is has the driest sense of humor. She and can deadpan too, though. She don't I don't know. think she doesn't know that's going on I, behind the scenes, that girl. I know, and that's what makes her so fun. I and know. It was just hilarious because you kind yeah. of didn't expect her to do that segment either. She's got just <laughs> enough of up to no good to make her like totally awesome. That's why we love her. Oh, so thank you to everybody that commented on that, and uh, uh, I wonder how many listeners we lost because of it. I, that I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or how many hosts you lost because of it. <laughs> well, thank you to everybody that did comment on that. We really appreciate it. No tack and habit segment this week. We thought we'd do the running thing instead. So we'll be back next week with that. Uh, you know, you can get the Horse Radio Network app. It's the easiest way to listen to the shows. Just go to the App Store at Android or iOS, or, uh, Apple, and just search for Horse Radio Network. And it's free, it's easy to use, and it is the best, simplest way to listen to the shows. Be sure to listen next Friday for the next episode of Stable Scoop. And uh, what else, Helena? There is nothing else. Where can they find you? They can find me. I'm all over the interwebs. You can find me at Chasing a Fox. You can find me at Sparkling Boom. You can find me at Stable Scoop. <laughs> Go to Facebook. You can find me under Stable Scoop. That's the best play, best place. I think I hang out there. Um, or you can just send me an email to Helena at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Very good. Well, thank you, Helena. We'll talk to you again next week. Yes, indeed. And there will be a lot more next week. Till then, happy scooping.